Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. All right, we are live for another recording of the Managing Partners Podcast. I'm joined today with a special guest, Tariq Najila. Welcome. Thanks for coming on the show. Excited to learn about your story. Tariq and I actually have uh, spoken in the past before, so I know quite a bit about his business, but he's going to share that with us today. Hopefully, you managing partners out there, whether you're running a firm for many years or you're looking to start your own firm, I think you'll enjoy Tariq's story. So, uh, Tariq, let's get started. Introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background. Okay, so as uh, thanks you again, Kevin, for having me on the Managing Partner Podcast. It's an honor to be here. Again, my name is Tariq Najiela, and I am an entrepreneur in the legal space. I am a fully registered patent agent, and I believe in making the world a better place by helping people with innovation. To share about my story, I started my company, Patent Insider, uh, back in August of 2017, and it was done to help inventors, innovators, uh, business owners, uh, to help secure their intellectual property and the competitive advantage using patents. Now, I did this, made this decision after working as 10 years inside the patent office as a patent examiner. And so I all the pa- patents and you know applications and inventions come across my desk, and I was responsible for reviewing <clears throat> them and determining uh, whether or not something was patentable, whether or not there would be uh, a granted patent. And during that time, you know, I processed hundreds and hundreds of, of patent applications. But the, the decision to actually, like for many of us, to, to go into entrepreneurship, you know, why would you leave a, a stable government job to then jump out into entrepreneurship? For me, it was done in, I guess, a period of my life where there's a lot of turmoil. So I had, um, I had a, a college roommate from a study abroad program that was murdered in a carjacking back in, I think, like December of 2015. Uh, and that was really rocky because I, I mean, I knew this person, you know, lived with them and it was just senseless. You know, there's no, no rhyme or reason. It was one of those things in the news you just shake your head. Uh, and then right after that, you know, I lost my father-in-law who was a really big part of my family. So I'm, I was going through personal loss. And then in that same year, that next year, 2016, I lost my grandmother and I had my son, my third child was born. Uh, so all of this is going on and I'm having these ups and downs and I'm you know, wondering what really matters, what's the purpose, what's the reason for everything. And during that time, I really focused on what was really important. And I said, you know, I don't want to live this life that's, that's temporary without really doing something that I feel passionate about. And for me, I had these episodes as a patent examiner where I was sitting inside my office talking with an attorney, usually about an application. And my goal was always to to give my my all to you know, we have a, a, a certain number of hours we could allocate to a certain a certain patent matter application. And I would give my all to it. I read it all. I try to understand it. I do extra research, look up the invention if it's on a website. I try to get the inventor's perspective. Then I'd put my patent examiner hat on and have a legal perspective <laughs> and evaluate. And then I reach out to the attorney if I found anything. <clears throat> and I say, look, you know, I understand what you're trying to do, but your language is not close enough. Let's, uh, you know, if you make this tweak, I think you have a patent here. I do that in the very beginning. I'd reach out to them. And time and time again, I would get the answer that I either get no answer or I'd get, well, I'll take it back to the client and see what they want to do. Or they would just tell me, yeah, the client's not really interested in that. Again, what client is not interested in protecting their intellectual property and getting a patent, you know, immediately as opposed to waiting three to five years, which was the average at that time. So I had one of those calls that went really bad where the, the, the uh, representative pretty much told me, I think I had had this conversation with them earlier. It was later, maybe years later in the case. Like I said, I was there 10 years and they're calling back saying, can we get that patent 
again, you indicated, you know, three or four years ago that this was a good idea. Can we do that? And the time it changed, that was no longer an opportunity. And I said, wow, you know, people are coming with their their visions, their hopes, <clears throat> their dreams, and they're not getting the best. And so I made a decision at that moment that I could do a better job of getting, you know, patent results for startups, for business owners and innovators. I knew that I had a unique experience as an insider. Uh, I knew there were insights and efficiencies and advantages that I could offer, you know, typically weren't being given to the general public uh, that needed them. And so we started our, you know, our company. I took the patent bar. I got certified as a registered patent agent. So I have a limited legal practice that's focused on patents. You know, so I don't have a, a state bar where, where I'm, I can work outside of the, the patent office. So it's very focused to patents and um, U.S. and international representation for patents. And so uh, we started off as a patent contractor for, for various law firms. And then uh, I actually found a really great firm in Atlanta. I had a great relationship for about two and a half years. Still have a good relationship with that firm. And then we committed to really digging in and doing the work of building our own practice and you know, over adding all of it together. Since we started in 2017, we've helped our clients with about, you know, over 150 patent matters. Uh, we've granted, you know, dozens of patents for them, both domestically and internationally, and, uh, you know, all over the, the world in various jurisdictions, uh, <clears throat> Europe, Russia, China, uh, to name a few, uh, the EU, and of course, U.S. patents. Uh, and so we try to put our clients' kind of best interests over just a billable hour. We're trying to look at how we can get them to their goal. I, I love the story. I love the background. I mean, some some tragedy, of course, in the story. Uh, but I love, you know, why you're doing what you're doing and that you made a decision to do something different. And I think also just about your business, which what I like uh, is that you're, you're focused, you're niched in a particular thing. And then also, you know, I have a, you know, kind of a soft spot for s- startups uh, I've been part of a lot of startups myself. Um, I'm part of a technology community here in in my area, and I've been part of, of of startups and companies, or at least in conversations with others, plenty of times about protection, patents, and things like that. And everyone seems to be kind of not really knowledgeable or know what the process is or how long it takes. I feel like it almost people know enough just to discourage themselves from actually pursuing <laughs> with the idea. Like, oh, well, I heard it takes like three, five years. It's going to cost you 20 grand, whatever. But they're kind of discouraged in themselves, you know, when they should probably reach out to someone like yourself and get some better information and see if they have a viable idea. But so I love what you're doing. I love, I like the name. I like kind of the, you know, and, and that you have the insider information. You literally worked in the patent office. And I think that makes you definitely unique. So uh, definitely. I, I think appreciate that. Over the years, I mean, we've got tons of, we've seen a lot of business scenarios. Uh, we've received a lot of t- tons of questions about startups, patents, innovation. You know, a lot of people are like, is my, is a patent right for our startup? We have to, you know, you can't just figure that out by Google. You <laughs> need to ask somebody. Does, you know, does getting a patent make us profitable? It's a patent is not good for everybody. You know, is it worth the investment? It does cost money. It's one of the more sizable IP investments to get a patent. But what's your, what's your three to five year valuation? If your three to five year valuation is seven figures, then it may be worth investing five to six figures in a footprint to protect what your what your value is, your growth trajectory. You know, so it's not a one one off kind of thing. It's it's an all inclusive. We, we you know at Patent Insider we make sure that our our IP strategy is tailored to your vision and your goals. And so and it's we also have a network. You know, we work in this field. I mean I've been in it at this point 15 years, just about so we 
we know people in the VC or venture capital world. We know uh, licensing, patent licensing companies. We know uh, manufacturers. Uh, we know about crowdfunding. We know people who deal with cryptocurrency. That's we can huge. answer the question. All that yeah. Stuff. Yeah, like yeah. if you're like, do I get a patent before raising money? You know, what about blockchain and crypto? Is that something that's innovative enough? Can you just add blockchain to something that's already known when I get you a patent? We can answer those questions with our experience. We have blockchain patents that we've gotten people for software companies and startups. We also um, very cool, and and we also you know we can answer the question: Can your idea make money? In a way that's measured based on due diligence. We can't answer that question based on our emotion. We try to really do what the data tells us. The data tells us, like, we start off with, with a patent search. We're like, we do an assessment. Is this any, something that can be patentable? Before you get, you know, get out of shape about how much it costs, well, there's an entry-level cost to just do due diligence and find out where you are. So that's our approach really to everything. You know, we can get into more about, I guess, the types of, we have different buckets or different types of clients that we partner with to work with to help them. And they're different kind of, I say like maybe four different stories, but I saw you, you Oh, no. No, I, just, I think what you said, too, there is important, is that you have connections, you have a network. And I think I try to be that resource, too. And uh, I'm trying to get my whole company to be more of that resource is if we have a client, not only can we do your marketing and websites and stuff like that, but we have relationships with uh, legal partners, accountants, all kinds of other types of agencies, branding agencies, stuff like that, that we can connect you with as well. So it's not just what you get with us but if we know people that can help you we want to be a resource for that too and some of the things that you had mentioned any startup would line up i think to say i want to work with patent insider because all those things you mentioned uh venture capitalists investors those are hard contacts to have and to to get a hold of so finding those people that have a network like that and if your company can offer that too i think along the way then that's that's a huge advantage well, so. yeah, I, yeah, I think that's, uh, I mean, we, we're in the, really, from the way we look at it, any business is in a relationship business. You're in a, a business of connecting people and helping people. And you're also sorting through the people that, you know, you're part of marketing is creating the magnet to get people, the right people in the right frame of mind at the right time in front of you so you can help each other. And in the, you know, in the sorting process, some people are not a right fit. You can still help guide them to where they need to go. And I think that's... Yeah. We come at it with that more holistic approach. We're not just like, oh, you're either coming to me and you're helping me or I can help you and we just throw you away. No, we still try to steer you in the right direction. So even if someone comes to a consultation, they'll leave with more than the value of whatever the cost of the consultation would be because they're going to get, it's not just, we're not just selling our services. We're looking at what's your goals, what's your vision and how, what's the best IP strategy for you. It may be not to go with Patent Insider and that's okay. Yeah, totally agree with that too. You know, we, we niche in law firms, so we only work with law firms and, and people like yourself. So, But I still get leads every day for construction companies or government contracting companies. And I still accept those leads. I call them, I email them, I talk to them, and then I refer them to a various you know agencies that might be the best fit for them that I have relationships with. And I'll tell them what I think they should do. You know, here's what you probably need. Here's the agency you should probably look at. And here's the kind of, you know, products I think you need. Uh, because I have come from that background where we used to work with various clients. But, and we have a sheet where I can pull up and say, who do we recommend, you know, for photography or, or maybe it's just, they do the same thing as us. It's just, we niche in law. So yeah, I try, I try to help out anybody and say, hey, just let's have the call. I will give you 
good information regardless if you work with us or not. And that's with, if it's a law firm that reaches out, it doesn't mean they're going to sign up with us or that we're the right fit for them. You know, it's, it's a good chance they might be a better fit for someone else. So, uh, but I'm still going to walk them through that, help them, and then refer them out to somebody else if I have to. Uh, real quick, anyone tuning in, please ask any questions. Tariq is a, a wealth of knowledge here. So uh, anyone listening that has any questions about patents, I'm sure Tariq will be happy to help. So ask his questions here and I'll get those in front of him to answer. Yeah, ask me anything. I think that's yeah. what they call AMAs, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I always think American Music Awards, but no, AMAs ask me anything nowadays on the um, hashtag. So well, it's also AMA is also the American Marketing Association. Okay, so it's a lot of AMAs. In this yeah. instance, we're saying AMAs ask me anything. Uh, That's right. With, with well, tell we us do, a little bit about you know, the types of clients that you're you're mentioning. So the types of clients that that you would help. Uh, you said there's kind of like I guess different categories or, or buckets. Right. You said of right. So so we have a team like my. We started off initially when I started off. I said we'd, we'd help you secure your intellectual property with patents as long as you had an idea for a patent. It didn't matter if you were in the basement you know, in a basement event or in your garage, if you were a government contractor, if you were a company, if you're an enterprise level company, I, we weren't that differentiated in when we started out. Now, what I say is that we, we secure patents for startups, business owners, and innovators, and creators devoted to protecting their intellectual property. What this means is that they're usually startups that are series A, series B, or they've, they've had, they're funded. They have something that's worthwhile investing in a patent. It's not just an idea, something that's maybe tested, something that's valued. You know, they have investors, there's real, the founders are still part of the company. You know, that level of companies is what we're, we're looking to help them through the process. We also, we, we streamline, manage, develop enterprise level patent portfolios for enterprise level companies. So there's a Fortune 500, Fortune 100 uh, company that they usually, in those companies, they have a you know, in-house counsel, they have a general counsel that will manage, you know, the thousands or hundreds of patents and trademarks and everything, but they pretty much outsource the details and they manage that. And so we'll, we'll take a, a sliver of those or a part of that portfolio, depending on the size, maybe the whole portfolio, and we'll manage that for them, per the, you know, work with their R&D team, their engineers, you know, and have, you know, regularly scheduled, you know, either quarterly meetings or monthly meetings, depending on what their vision, their goals. Again, we align with their their vision, their objectives, and we, you know, work out a plan, you know, customized plan for them. And then we, we help them, you know, meet their patent goals. Uh, and then I would say there's something we do a little bit differently, which is uh, we perform high quality focused and uh, targeted patent research for patent holders and or infringing parties. So, I started out as a patent insider myself, but I have relationships with, with tons of, you know, former patent examiners and people that for a living, all they've done is patent research. And so, you know, we have a team right now of 12 and we're adding more, but all of us have that experience. And so you can get that the experience you get from hiring the patent office, you can't really hire the patent office to do this. So <laughs> you would, you get these uh, former patent examiners with this deep you know, insider knowledge and, you know, we, we were able to apply that for patentability assessments, for freedom to operate searches. And so this is, I would say this has been our 2021 pivot kind of from, I'd say the mom and pop inventor and the um, the small business and government contractor. We still have that as a, you know, that's a big, a major part of our business. And we, we've built a, a very a good business from that. But we, we also have these other clients that we service in these different areas. And I'll say the last, the last one, which was, I would say we more like a a niche of one of these is like people that are dealing with commercialization. So you have a lot of what 
tech transfer or people that say the government has a patent and they'll put it up in SBIR or, you know, some type of grant and a company's doing that technology. Maybe they out of that experience, they're developing other technology. And so mm -hmm. we'll work okay. with them in that particular space. That's more commercialization or commercialization analysis. They, they companies looking for an exit or a buyout. <clears throat> they'll want to do, um, they'll have their patent evaluated or appraised. But what we do is we look more so at the commercial value of like, where can you operate this patent? So we'll do searches to find out which countries or jurisdictions that, you know, you can get patent for this or you can apply your, your patent rights. So it's a different, it's a very niche part of these other groups. You know, if they get to a certain phase, they need a different type of patent research. So we'll do that as well. Interesting. I mean, so I think it's good that you have identified, I guess, and, and we use the same way. There's, there's a certain ideal client, an ideal customer. And, you know, when you start out, it's usually, you know, the smaller, the startups, the anyone that can give us time and data to try to help them. Right. And, and when I started my business, we were, I love helping startups. And I had that even highlighted on my website. We help startups with websites and, and yeah, it got me to that next stage. But at some point, you know, you start to identify what's, what's the client that I can really help and we can put energy and resources into, and then I can actually run my business on. And you start to kind of identify, you know, what size they are, what, if they're funded or not, and things like that. So that's, that's great that you've kind of, you've already got to that next stage and uh, you've started to uh, kind of identify you know, your ideal customer, what they look like. And then that's where marketing can come in to say, okay, how do we find more of those? And we now have a profile of the types of companies that we want to get in front of, of course. So, you know, and everything, you know, website, your language, the text, content, does it speak to those people? You know, does it right. resonate with them? That's excellent. So, yeah, that's, um, I mean, that's, you know, you start where you start, but it's not where you finish. And that's also true of the clients that we have. You know, they, they I have... You know, it's wonderful to say that, you know, someone started, you know, in their basement or an idea with their brother-in-law and, you know, now they're, you know, have an international company. Uh, they have, you know, international patent portfolio. They're meeting with some of the biggest agencies and companies internationally to get their product promoted and implemented for use. That's amazing. You know, and that can happen. So it's really, we, if we, we believe that when we connect with our clients, it's a mutual choice where we're going into you know, we're creating a relationship together that, you know, we're doing everything we can to help them be successful. And that's our goal, that we, we're part of that success. Some people, you know, they have other things that happen. They kind of drop off. They're not able to, to, to continue the course. But it's not, you know, business is not a straight line. It's unpredictable oftentimes, even with the vessel plans and, and goals and strategies. No one, I'm sure like nobody predicted what last year, that that was not on anybody's plan or radar. Yeah, no way. Not at all. And I think, yeah, business is challenging. There's ups, there's downs. I think, you know, I assume you're the same way as me is the journey is, is really the exciting part. And what's to come, you don't know, but you do your best, do your best work for your clients, take care of the, of the people around you, and you, you navigate the best you can. So, but it's good to surround yourself with good people, uh, build relationships, you have good clients, I think. And I think that's where another thing too, like, it's okay to say no to a, a client yeah. that, uh, you know, on paper looks like a good customer or a good client, uh, but, you know, for whatever reason, it's just not a fit, right? So it's not worth the, the pain and suffering and headache if it's, if they're not going to be a happy customer, no matter what, it's not a right fit. That's true. And that's okay. I think that's part of it. Like we've had people where, you know, we, it's not something I would necessarily would hang our hat on necessarily, but people, you know, some people don't fit and some people, you know, even if you have to, um, to give some, you know, partial refund or anything like that, you just want to make sure that, that the experience 
if it's not a fit, that's part of the experience. We figure that out, go to the yeah. next uh, situation, and we we'll even help you find somebody else. But I think the main thing is that our concern is making sure that if you come to us with a problem, you come to us with where you are, that we help you get to the next step. Now, sometimes that means us you know, running to the finish line with you. Other times that means just getting <laughs> to the next step, like passing a baton and you you go grow to a different situation. Right. Sometimes you get a big investor that buys out your idea. They have their own, you know, international huge firm that's going to take care of some of the things that we would do. So, and that's part of the process, it's part of the journey, like you said. So we, you know, our biggest thing is to really, you know, answer our, um, our clients' questions. You know, if they have a question, they can reach out to us and to be there to help them as far as the air social property is concerned, the strategy that our strategy and our our activities, our efforts match their vision and goals, and we have to pivot. We we pivot uh, and we help them achieve what they're looking for. And I well, love when they get a patent in their hand. It's, a, it's an amazing uh, accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, so I, that's got to be nice to be like you got the patent, you know, and you, you get to let the client know that. Just a random question from me: What's the typical timeline to get a patent? If there is an answer for that. So that it varies. Maybe you know, best case to worst case. Right. So best case is 12 to 18 months in the U.S. The U.S. has an expedited program that allows you to get a patent. Uh, and they also have agreements. The U.S. has agreements with other countries. So if you get a patent in the U.S. Uh, and you have a you know a pending patent you know in another country, if that country is part of the agreement, you can then accelerate that patent based on the grant in the U.S. So then another 12 to 18 months. Uh, that's the that's the best case, 12 to 18 months. And the, the lowest I've gotten is like 11 months from the date of filing to a patent. Like I had a, I had a guy, he filed last year <laughs> in July. He got a patent last month, June. Wow. And so- and Even with COVID going, going on, I, I was surprised. <laughs> and he's, you know, we're going to go, he's going to the international filing because he got the patent grant before the international, you have one year to file international. So we got the patent grant before the one year date, but we're filing the international later this month. So I think, you know, that's the that's the best case. Average, if you don't do anything, you just kind of file, let it sit with the US. You're looking at right now it takes twenty-four months to thirty months before they even respond to you. So wow. <laughs> uh that's you're looking at, you know, once they respond, it's the same timeline. You're looking at, you know, twelve to twenty-four months, I guess, from receiving a response from the office. When you expedite, they respond more quickly. They get, you know, something in 30 days to earliest 30 days, you know, no later than 90 days from filing. So. So at that point, then it's about 12 to 18 months, typically. Uh, if it's expedited, yeah, it's the, from filing is 12 to 18 months from the date you file the application. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, if it's um, not expedited, it's three to five year average. And these vary around, you know, for patents, or, there's no such thing as one international patent. You do have international applications, but patents are based on a country. So each country has a patent. And so gotcha. there are different timelines for other countries, depending on which area. But I deal with the U.S. for averages. They post their their timelines on the internet. So it's easy to kind of track that. Very cool. Yeah, it's just something I, uh, the three to five year is something I had in my mind, just I've heard people say in other conversations. And then uh, of course you like, you know, the patent pending Covers you for what eighteen months, I think, or something like that. Well, so the patent pending will take you through the. So you get there are two types of patents. One is a fifteen-year term, a design patent, a utility patent is twenty-year terms, and your patent pending starts from the day you file. 
Today you file. Okay. So if you file today, you got patent pending until you either give up, say uncle, or you <laughs> get a patent. And once you get the patent, then it shifts from patent pending to patent granted. Then you can, once it's granted, you can, you can enforce it against your, your any infringers. But once it's pending, you can put notice, you know, people on notice that you have a pending patent for your invention, your product, yep. whatever it is, and you can know your service. And you can um, let people know you have a patent pending. And so that the moment it's granted, you can uh, enforce against any infringers. So I have heard, I've had colleagues and others I know in the community that have basically file patents, not necessarily for the intention of getting the patent, but for the protection, I guess, of the patent pending to keep them off long enough to where they can get funded enough to not really care about it. But I'm not sure if that's a tactic used or not. <laughs> I mean, so there, there are strategies where that is used. Uh, I've worked with some companies that there, there is a hidden patent called uh, provisional application, which gives you 12 months. And I know companies that have serially filed a number of provisionals year after year, and they convert them to public patent applications, but they, they request that they not be published until the patent is granted. So they have all these pending patents, and, but they don't, they're not public. And so that buys them some time. It doesn't stop somebody from reverse engineering if you're selling a product, but it does keep the patent out of public view. Uh, and that is some people want to, uh, you know, amass nice. this war chest of patents. It's like a, <laughs> patents are like um, paper stock. You know, it's a, uh, it's an investment or an uh, asset that really only has value once you have the commercial enterprise has value. So, you know, like a stock, you know, penny stock isn't worth anything until you actually, the company, you know, generates enough revenues that stock price goes up. It's sure, or more. Sure. Uh, and so, so the same thing is true with your patent. You can have patents. You've spent this money on patents. Once your company has certain revenues, then your patents have life of their own. You know, they are have a, a commercial value. You can actually take out loans against the patent. Oh, <laughs> you, wow. can, uh, you can assign some of your patent rights for money or licensing money for companies or manufacturers. So it's, it's Or if you're going to sell your company, the patents are part of that purchase. Well, you can Could sell be. the company and keep the patents. Or you can do that too. Or you can, or you can keep the company and sell the patents. You know, uh, I feel like we need like an extra hour just to talk about patents <laughs> on here. I got a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's you know check us out at uh, Patent Insider at our Patent Insider CL. That's our website. Check us out. Yes, yeah, right down uh, at the bottom of the screen right here. If you guys are looking, I'll actually put that in the uh, comments as well, so people can click over to it. But yeah, I I mean personally, I have a ton of questions about the whole process and, and how companies can utilize it. And uh, I'm definitely connected with uh, a group that I run here or help run here. It's called the, uh, it's basically our technology council locally, but a great source for you, I would think. You know, there's a lot of technologists in there, a lot of government contractors, ex-NASA like uh, engineers. A lot of them have patents, but I'll, I'll connect you with that group. But yeah, anyone has questions about anything with patents, I'd soon reach out to Tariq here. Um, I'll post his website here in a second. Real quick, Tariq, before we, uh, we start to wrap up, you know, I guess, what's your, your kind of growth plans? What's, what does next year look like? Uh, what's five years look like? I know me and you have chatted in the here recently, right. but what's the plans? I know you're, you know, you're, you're having a good year, you had a good quarter, it sounds like, but where is your company going and what can we expect? Yeah, we have a vision to, uh, in the next three years to be, you know, a high seven figure company. Right now we, we started off in 2017, you know, a low five figure company, barely trying to figure it out and we've moved to a six-figure company um and we, we're still in that in that range now but we are looking aggressively you know our goals for this year 
probably still be a six-figure company, you know, maybe next year, still high six figures. And then, you know, our three-year mark, if we're doing 2022, I mean, 2023, you know, you know, to hit, hit the seven figures and beyond. Uh, and that's our goal. You know, we want to, um, I'm part of a group that says, you know, basically happy, happy legal practitioners make more money. And, uh, <laughs> you know, when you're happy, when, when you're able to pay the bills, then you're also able to, in a better space to help your, your client. If you're thinking about the client, like, oh my God, I hope I can get this client so I can keep the lights on. You're not going to do a very good job. So yeah. part of, if you, you know, I, I challenge startups and business owners, where, you know, even our clients, I say that if you really believe in what you're doing, then you should want to be successful to a point where the money is not the issue. You know, you, you want to, you, what you're doing is the issue. The journey is the issue. The, the impact you're making is going to be the issue. And I think that um, you have to be very intentional about it. Uh, you know, we just, we just had a, a write-up in a, a local magazine here in Baltimore, really a national magazine and a newspaper. And it's one of the, the things I remember saying is talking about you. If you have to, if you care about something, you have to be intentional about it. And a lot of times we, we put, we get our, our goals, our aspirations, our vision for things out front, but we're not taking care of the, the financial aspect, the things that keep, put us in a position to go after what we want, what we're passionate about. So I think, you know, being a mature business, you learn to do those things in a, in an intentional way and set the, the goals, set the systems in place, bring on the right people, make changes when you need to get new people, but do the things you need to do to keep that going. And I think that's something that we, we so that you get a little bit of that, maybe some coaching in there too, with what we would provide or encouragement to kind of, to make the decisions. Cause you, there's no point in getting a patent if you have no intention of being a mature business and you, and you have no intention of leveraging the value of what, if you just think you're going to file a patent, like I had, I had a guy, he said, I just want to get it and hang it on my wall and frame it. And I was like, man, if you got that much money to throw away to hang it on your wall, be my guest. But the whole point of patent, it's in the, it's a patent, the patent office is in the Department of Commerce, which is, you know, commercial. So, so you, you, they're saying that we're giving you this because we think you're going to make a commercial contribution to society, to our country. So this is why you're getting a patent. So that's the whole purpose is, is commerce driven, profit driven. It's um, capitalism. It's capital driven. So you have to, if you're not yeah. going to be, if you're not driven by that in your pursuit of it, then it's, it may not be the thing for you. <laughs> no, so I, I love what you just had to say. I think, yes, it, well, one thing, if you're not growing, you're dying. So as a company and a leader, you got to take care of the company, which takes care of the people, you know, my employees, you, your employees, and the team. And then, uh, yeah, financially stable means if I'm focused on how am I going to pay the bills, how am I going to hire this other person, do I have to let someone go, uh, my, our attention's not on the client and the success that we're generating for them. It's on all these other problems that we have to deal with. If you're financially sound, you can reinvest in processes, extra people, better people, more experience, training, certifications, all that stuff, and, and say, how do we get better at doing this service and continue to grow? And I think the other thing is, by you doing that, you're creating opportunities for everyone in your organization. If you stay small and just don't ever grow, well, then no, you know the people you hire really don't have a chance to to grow into a career and and have other other opportunities. Now, their opportunities might be pay, but it could be time off, vacations, leadership. You know, you know there's all kinds of different things people are driven by. But uh, so I love I love that. So yeah, you you got to be financially 
secure and mature uh, in order to to do the good work you're going to do for your clients. And so, uh, but yeah, so I, there's actually a study somewhere. It's like four percent, only four percent of the businesses make it to a million dollars in revenue, uh, which is insane. Right. Uh, so there's not many businesses that that do that. And so, I mean, you're well on your way. I don't think you're going to have a problem. I know you're going to make it. So, um, but it's, and then after that, the 10 million, I mean, that the number drops drastically. So yeah, there's, but you can just tell, I mean, you just talking to you and, uh, I know that's our goal is to grow to, to be at a hundred million, uh, by 2030. And so you, that's the number, you know, you, that's the number written on my vision board right there. Kevin. There you go. So yeah. Damn. So that, those are the kind of people that make it right. The people that are like, this is where I'm going. And you can either go with me or I'm going to leave you in the dust. And, you know, you're, you're thinking the right way. So I like it. I mean, I wrote that down in 2017 when I started. So <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea how I was going to get there at that time. But yeah, I wrote it. They're definitely best on the vision board. And now I see yeah. it. I see a path to it. That's awesome. So, Well, Tariq, I appreciate you talking with me today. Uh, your business is really cool. I, I just like the whole, you know, check out his website, everybody. I mean, seriously, uh, you know, I like the your blog is uh was it called uh, Patent Insider Secrets? Yeah, Patent Insider Secrets. I, I just like kind of the play off of you know kind of your background and that, and it's not just a play off. It, it's it's true, but you have the insider knowledge, and you're going to be more helpful probably than anyone else they're going to talk to. So, uh, and not to mention his team, the people he's affiliated with, also have that same background experience. So, if you want to get your patent pushed through, you want to make sure you got a good idea that's going to be commercializable, I guess. Then you got to give them a call. I think it's your best bet. So, so Tariq, anything else you want to say, add, before say, we uh, get offline? I'll say thank you for the opportunity with the uh, Managing Partner Podcast. You all do a wonderful job at marketing, especially for, for law firms and for the legal market, uh, to really focus and give uh, you know platforms opportunities to really do the job of marketing, which is to get that get the right person at the right time in the right frame of mind in front of the, you know, at the table to make a decision so that you can really help more people who say to close more deals. Yeah. That's part of the internal <laughs> system, you know, how, you know, close sales, stuff like that. But on the other side of it, you're really putting people that you're connecting them with the right mindset and then they're there and they're able to, to connect and move forward. So if you, if you're in the, you know, the legal space and you're looking to, get the marketing done and this is, you know, array is the way to go. I appreciate that. And uh, we'll be working together in the future here. And, and, and yeah, to, to that point, Tariq is uh, people are out there that need your help, right? And there's people out there that need my help. I mean, there's other law firms that have different clients that need their help. Who they're going to go to depends on if you're there or not, right? So, but if you know you can help your customers and you're going to be the best probably for them because of what you do, then it's only... It only makes sense to, to try to get in front of as many of them as possible because you know you're going to do them a good service. And if not, they're going to find someone, a competitor, who probably is not going to be as helpful to them. It's going to take much longer. They're probably not going to be as insightful. And so you're almost doing them a disservice by not marketing to them. So right. that's one way to kind of think about it. They're going to go with somebody or they'll be deterred. Maybe they'll be deterred from pursuing the patent and their, their dream and idea because there's a lot of negative people out there that say, oh, well, that a patent is impossible. It takes three to five years. It's going to cost you so much money. Um, and so, and, and I hear this all the time from people that, so it's, it's a lot out there like, well, I don't, maybe I shouldn't even bother with this idea I have, you know? So, so I think, you know, having someone like yourself that can talk to and reach out and ask questions and then try to see if, Hey, does it make sense, you know, to take it to the next level? Obviously in your case, you're looking for, you know, some, some funding behind it. 
but I'm, I'm sure you'll take questions and, uh, and well, I mean, everybody has to, you know, we'll, we'll, we have a process that, you know, whatever stage you are, you know, we still, you know, if you're a startup, you're still working on your funding, you know, there, there are entry points for you to, you know, to be able to help you. And, you know, that's where we, we started. That's where we're still, you know, a lot of our clients are still there. So that's, there are definitely ways to help you, but you never know if you don't reach out. And I so you click on the link on our website, uh, there's a space at the bottom to, you know, tell us about what you're interested in doing and uh, schedule their free, you know, consultations. And you can, um, you can check in with us and then we can get you set up and you can kind of see how we can help you. I'm going to put the uh, link right now in the comments. Everybody can check that out. And there we go. The link's in the comments. You guys check it out. And that's all we got today. Tariq, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for being on the show. Everyone, tune in. Uh, we'll be posting epi- you know, pieces of this episode on social media. It'll be up on our podcast, up on our website. And so if you're tuning in later, we appreciate you listening. If anyone needs any marketing, your law firm, you need help. Or if you're interested in being a guest on this podcast and you run a, a law firm, you're a managing partner, please reach out to me. You can go to ArrayLaw.com and uh, have a good afternoon. So, Tariq, thank you so much again. Thanks, Kevin. And I'll talk, talk to you soon.